Welcome all ye who enter. This is DC On Screen, episode 420. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. And, uh, yeah, we're back. And, uh... <laughs> it's been kind of a hell of a week. Yeah. In some, in some regards. Yeah. Man, uh, there hasn't been a lot on, on news, except that I tried a new shampoo and had, like, a really terrible, uh... <laughs> allergic reaction to it and kind of i looked like deadpool for a couple of days you really yeah it was about that bad uh you you looked like i i you, i could pretty much say like victim of and insert here <laughs> right it was not your best look man Mm-mm. no no it mm. wasn't and i'm i you know that's that's like there are a lot of know, bad it, looks that i've had you know, like one of the sillier Ben Stiller movies, like that's like a prom movie, and and the main character, that's what he ended up looking like the night before, mm-hmm. or the, like he wakes up the day of prom looking like that. Yep, it it does sound like a Ben Stiller movie. A little bit. Gosh, he's a hack. He's got his good sides. I've <laughs> I've come to, I've come to decide he's got his good sides, but some of those movies. Oh, have you? Oh. <laughs> oh wow, something's happened. I don't I don't I don't, I don't I, recognize I, this, Jason. I've yeah I know I know I have been very down on him before but uh, I just I have decided and some people will probably uh, agree with me or shout at me when I say this but I decided I should watch the Ben Stiller show before I come to any more conclusions about him. Oh yeah, well, did you come to that conclusion because you realized that Bob Odenkirk, Bob Odenkirk, and David Cross were sort of working on that show among many others? Yeah, yeah. I I've I finally got a glimpse at that writers' room and thought. Oh. Man, if he had if he had the wherewithal to tie all those people together, I should probably give this guy another chance. Mm. I mean, there's some stuff that I've liked that Ben Stiller has done, but uh, you know, I, you know, nothing as great as great as his dad. I mean, sure. or his mom. Yeah, his mom and dad are freaking brilliant people. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> some people not uh, not completely uh, familiar with comedy. Uh, May not know that Jerry Stiller is uh, is his dad, the guy that uh, was the the old guy on King of Queens and George Costanza's and the old guy on Seinfeld. Seinfeld, <laughs> yeah. Um, He's an accomplished player of uh, Jewish old guy. It's um, very few people have done it as well as Jerry Stiller. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, how was your week, man? You okay? You doing all right? Yeah, doing well. I won't bore anyone with the details, but uh, changing jobs here in the next couple of weeks, so yeah. Ooh, yeah, big change. Exciting. Uh, and even even if it's something you're looking forward to, it still qualifies as I can't I can't forget uh, I forget exactly where, but it's they have uh, stress tests that are mm-hmm. basically questionnaires about have you changed locate have you changed uh, your address in the last X months or. Have you uh, been party to a divorce, or uh, have you had a kid? Or it's just basic stuff. But um, they mm-hmm. add, they, there's like a score for each of them, and uh, somewhere in there, changing jobs, even when you're excited about it, is I think in the top ten. Wow. So hmm. uh, you know, I'm nervous, but you know. By the way, I like that phraseology. Have you been party to a divorce? I like the idea that there's like a party, <laughs> like after the divorce. Yeah. Yeah. There's a. Uh, <laughs> A set of constituents upon which this divorce rests. Like, yes, I was party to a divorce. All right, who were you? Were the worst man? Mm-hmm. The, uh... I was the clown. <laughs> the secret reason for the divorce? Yeah, yeah. Which uh, which part did you play? Oh, I'm the failed uh, family counselor. 
Oh. <laughs> Great work. Also slept with the wife. Wait, that right. seventeen people have 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 made that claim on the test tonight. Yeah. All right, I think we might see some of the reasons uh, behind this divorce. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Thirteen said it about the husband. I think I see where this is going. <laughs> oh man! All right, so yeah, we got some. <laughs> we got we have some news and stuff. By the way. Uh, we'll get to it a little later, but uh, we this is our second episode in the uh, different, all new, all different format. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, we've had a lot of really nice uh, nice feedback. A lot of people who were uh, standing up for us and and uh, and supporting us. So yeah, thank uh, you guys. We'll get into some of that feedback that, that, later. Uh, I, I can't really explain how appreciative we've been about that. Absolutely. Uh, you know my brother-in-law Spencer. I was talking to him earlier, and he was—he uh, said, "So, uh, so it must be like a vacation for you now. I mean, you're a couple of weeks in now to this this new format, and uh, are you are you feeling any less stressed?" And I, I was like, "Nope, not at all. <laughs> like, I hope I've still got the old yeah. phantom stress. Yeah, no, we're uh, we're we're still kind of um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where changing." podcast format goes on the stress test but it's uh for us right. has been very high yeah it's you know like i see a tab and i'm like whoa no um, yeah okay good oh my <laughs> gosh i i see a, a browser and instead of a browser i see like a you know i don't know a, like a guy in vietnam holding a gun on me or something while i'm hanging from bamboo yeah it becomes like a scene out of rambo too Maybe a slight exaggeration, but the bottom line is we were getting overworked. <laughs> no, I just thought that was funny imagery. <laughs> so yeah, this week has been really news, and that's pretty evident in uh, in what's been going on. I don't know if, how much of this you've seen, right? But uh, much ado has been made out of a lot of uh, bullshit. Honestly, uh, one thing uh, Ben Affleck was uh, was talking about the two directors the two unique visions of of justice league and a lot of people have uh kind of jumped on that bandwagon and like oh no he's saying there's there's a problem uh but affleck said what he said was it's a little bit unorthodox zach had a family tragedy and stepped off which was horrible for the movie the best person we could have found could have possibly found was joss we got really lucky that he stepped in um, he says uh, Justice League is an interesting product of two directors, both with kind of interesting. Uh, sorry, both with kind of unique visions, both with really strong takes. I've never had that experience before making a movie. I have to say, I really love working with Zach, and I really love the stuff we've done with Joss. Um, he also reiterated, I've never worked on a movie that didn't do reshoots. Argo, we did reshoots for a week and a half, four days on Gone Baby Gone. This is really nice time. This is a really nice time to work in DC. They're hitting their stride. They're getting it right. It's starting to feel like it's really working. Um, you know, I'm not going to fall on the camp who says like, you know, he's just saying that, you know, it's it's been a little unorthodox and that's all he's saying. It does sound like he's saying Joss is changing some things. It just does. I'm not saying, you know, it's going to be for the worse or that they're going to completely upend anything that Zack did. But it feels like there's going to be some, some tone differences, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, you know, there's there was a lot of, um, like, Joe Morton, the guy that's playing uh, Cyborg's father, 
in the movie had said that um, they asked him if there was there was a difference in tone because he's been a part of some of the reshoots with Joss, and he says, um, well, the stuff that I had to do uh, were just really small bits and pieces, nothing necessarily having to do with tone. Um, I know that with Ray, the young man who plays Victor, there was some there were some adjustments that they made in terms of the tone of that character. And based on the trailer, I think I can see why that would need to be done. Um, but he says, I think what I think what I heard was that there was a need from the studio to lighten up the film in a way that the film felt too dark. I don't know what that meant in terms of how it actually got translated in terms of the reshoots, but that's what I heard. That's what I thought some of the reshoots were about. So he doesn't really know. Um, and they're also kind of citing this, this stuff that just came up, this Scaretta guy from Flash, uh, Slash Film said, uh, well, he just had this whole, I didn't even write all that down, but he wrote a review, uh, a report saying that Joss Whedon was doing away with the cliffhanger ending. <laughs> Dude, there hasn't been a cliffhanger ending on Justice League <laughs> for two years. <laughs> yeah. like, do you remember, yeah. like, like, two years ago when we reported that they were not doing Justice League 2 as part 2? I mean, I've always assumed they had uh, somewhere else they wanted to pick up the story, but I, a clip. I wonder if what they mean though is that uh, whereas Marvel has stingers that are basically mm-hmm. cliffhangers, um, mm. and and DC has pretty much said uh, we're not going to do stingers. You know, we're we're going to get into the movies, into the movie, go home. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if what they mean is. Um, they're not going to give you those last few seconds within the movie itself and call it a cliffhanger. If they're just going to, yeah, because you got to admit, know. Marvel gets to Marvel gets to cheat a little bit on that. Hmm. I mean, you know, the cheating is there for the taking. But. Yeah, it's it's what I would call a fair cheat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, it's it's it works perfectly fine. You still get your your good whole movie. Um, that serves all of its purposes. It stands alone just fine, and then you can throw in this little bit after the credits that, you know. It, usually it kind of shakes parts of the universe, the MCU, up a little bit. Yeah. Um, they're definitely having their cake and eating it too over there. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, yeah. a well-designed system. Yeah. I, you know, I I think the Scaretta stuff from Slash Film is absolute horse crap. I don't think that... Uh, I, there hasn't been a cliffhanger on this on this thing for a long time. Um, this dude is just out of his mind. <laughs> yeah. Joe if anything, I, I just think he's maybe like, I'm, that's what I was trying to get across. I think he's trying to maybe overusing the term cliffhanger. Like maybe there's something that leads into another one of the films in the universe and they decided yeah. maybe we don't need the lead in. Yeah. No, I mean, he, but he I doubt it's Adam like, Le- you know, you doubt it's like a, you know, a profile shot of dark side standing there at the very end or something. It better be. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I don't see a reason for them to not set it up for another movie, but I mean, you know, this we've known for a long time, for a really long time. Uh, Mark Hughes wrote a wrote a piece about all the stuff they saw, and where like Deborah and Zack Snyder both said, "Oh yeah, we're not doing a cliffhanger anymore. It's going to be just one the one movie," mm-hmm. and that was you know two years ago. Um, so this for this guy to come in and say like Joss Whedon's changing the ending from Zack Snyder's cliffhanger ending to I mean that's not happening. Come on, that's just not happening. Um, I wouldn't doubt if it did seem a little. I mean, if they, ha- I wouldn't doubt it that they are changing the tone though. They've been in the middle of changing the tone for well since BVS kind of. Uh, yeah, I mean since the critical response to BVS, critically, yeah, yeah. 
And it's not so much the box office response. It made its money. Not as much as it could have mm-hmm. made. But, um, I mean, they probably shorted themselves, what, at least a good $100, 150000000 million? Maybe. Um, just by making the movie... <sighs> they they, they could have made a, uh, a longer but better movie that had more legs. Instead, they made a shorter movie that uh, made more money up front and then fell off drastically. You know, I do wonder... I do wonder if they had put out the original version, how much it really would have affected it. Because, quite honestly, before the movie ever came out, before the runtime was released, we were reading tons of negative crap online about BVS. Like, there were people who were set out to hate that movie no matter what. And most of them were critics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a a large amount of people that just read the title BVS and thought, nope. Uh, those guys are besties. I'm not in. And the the movie had enough, uh, frankly, the movie had enough holes in it when the, the theatrical release had enough holes that there you weren't buying back a lot of those people with that release. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the ultimate edition really might have, but I, uh, and yeah, it might have had that opportunity for like people that just watched like a, a nearly three hour movie wanting to come back the next week and go, okay, how do I really feel about this? Yeah, I mean, there were there were a lot of people on Twitter who were like, "I'm sorry, Zack Snyder, I just saw the Ultimate Edition." But oh, you know, yeah, there were, yeah, there was a little bit of a, um, yeah, we, I would, I would have liked your version kind of movement. But you know, if you if you didn't like uh, Jesse Eisenberg as Luthor, you're not this. It's not saving anything for you. Like you're just going to be sitting there pissed, going like, "Oh, like Riddler Lo- Luthor." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I just I wonder how much it actually would have helped, especially when you factor in the extra screen that it didn't get, or that it wouldn't get if it was fully there. Yeah. Did you uh, check out that concept art I sent you? No, I didn't get a chance. Jump, sorry. <laughs> That's fair. I was I was been, on the uh, fence about whether day. or not I really. I was pretty on the fence about whether or not I wanted to even talk about it, but it's pretty cool concept art um, of the flying fox. And they have, like, the little round table where the Justice League sit, and that's pretty awesome. Um, but, you know, it's old stuff. It's uh, really just now getting around in, like, high def, as far as I can tell. But um, Affleck talked a little bit about it and, was like, likened it to, like, the Magnificent Seven, him being a loner and letting them in and do, mm-hmm. do the Flying Fox and everything. And there's been a lot of stuff online about, like, the Flying Fox looking like... Uh, like the TAS Batmobile or something, and I can see those elements to it. I, I look forward to seeing it on the big screen. It'd be a um, cool callback. It'd, it'd be a nice Amish, you know. Yeah, the uh, the designer was like, I don't know. It felt it felt like a Simpsons line. So he was like, "You could put three Batmobiles in the lower part." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "But why would you?" Right. <laughs> anyway. All right, so uh, at this at this juncture in the uh, in the show here, I'd like to point out that we're having some sort of strange uh, technical difficulty. So um, things are Jason's having a hard time hearing me, essentially. So um, I don't know. <laughs> we're we're gonna work with it. We'll see. Maybe it's a good thing. We don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> did you uh, did you hear that Wonder Woman uh, got four hundred point? They they passed four hundred point five million, which means they've beaten Frozen domestically oh man yeah that is impressive yeah i tried to watch frozen and i was it was bad <laughs> i mean i'm sure it's fine for a lot of people but for me it was it was a very bad experience i mean there was a point where i was just laying on the floor staring at the ceiling hoping it was over mm-hmm. and we were at about the halfway point in the movie 
Yeah. You were trying to let it go, huh? I tried so desperately to let it go, but it, it wouldn't let me let it go. Yeah. I was uh, miserable. I just not a movie for me, man. Um, I'm not the demographic. It's it's fine. Um, no, I've got a poor, yeah. uh, you know, Michael uh, Michael Shackelford. Um, mm-hmm. He's got uh, he's got a three year old daughter now. Was it two? Um, when they were really watching that over and over again, and uh, he said he called me once, and with just I, it was, it was like that robotic tone of voice where there was just kind of nothing left in him when he said this. But it was um, it was, I just I've seen it so many times, Jason. Like he was like a beaten man. <laughs> Felt terrible for him. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh yeah, I'm pretty sure uh my sister and uh my brother in law feel that way about the cars movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like we've had enough mater. We've had enough mater. There's always a like a movie on your if I never see that again, I might live a happy life kind of list if you have a kid. <laughs> Oh man, I think I made it worse by like I, <laughs> I bought my nephew um Godzilla versus Space Godzilla or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> and Spencer was like, "There's so much, there's so many scenes of just Japanese people sitting with big helmets." Yeah, there's a lot of those. <laughs> That's what I remember the most about um, and I I I laughed so much when people got onto the new Godzilla movie because like there's no Godzilla in it. It was just it was just like 45 seconds of Godzilla and the whole thing was over. And I was like, do you remember the old movies? They're, they're an hour ten. There's basically an hour and some change of of a bunch of people running around staring at equipment and yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. And then for ten minutes, some dude wrecks a cardboard set and maybe fights another person in another foam suit, depending on the movie okay. you're watching. Uh huh. And it's ten minutes if you're lucky. It's really like a three okay. and a half minute scene. Yeah, but that's way more interesting than the new one. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't. I, like, I wasn't willing to give them the time part of it. Just you the, were still like, you know, those those were particularly actiony action verbs that you were that you were spouting off there. I was giving. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's that's rough. That's rough. Yeah, it's like you know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch sitting on a train, looking pensive. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to help the new Godzilla movie. <laughs> I know, I, I didn't see it, but uh, I just heard the complaints and thought I remember because I remember I, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I was talking to uh, Dennis the other day about this. It was like I remember the early days of Comedy Central, mm-hmm. where the entire roster was kind of like it was basically like MST3K, Kids in the Hall, old SNL footage. Mm-hmm. any stand-up they could get their hands on and whatever bad movie they could get the rights to for as long as possible. So you could pop yeah. on there and watch like four Godzilla movies in an afternoon and they, you know, they'd condense them down to like an hour and you didn't feel mm-hmm. like you missed much, you know? Like, oh, yeah, did didn't. I miss a few scenes where somebody went and talked to somebody else with, you know, uh, what it, I, I don't know what you call, um, I don't know what the proper term is for uh, the, the things that go over someone's chest when they're in certain parts of the army. Um, vest? I I don't know. I really don't. I feel like I should know that. <laughs> okay. I feel like it's one of those By things. I, I should just know. Have you Have you seen the new Mystery Science Theater on Netflix? Yeah, a couple of them. It's one of those where like okay. I forget they're there, and then I remember and go ooh, and and come back and <laughs> have a great forty five minutes before I go to sleep, and then forget about uh-huh. it again. And next month I finish that episode. <laughs> sure. They've uh they're doing a good thing there. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, my girlfriend has some of it. 
She seems pretty happy with it. She just started Doctor Who, though, so, you know. Mm, yeah, mm, that's a journey. It is. She's on, like, episode six, like, right now, with the Dalek chained up, being afraid of the Doctor in that little museum. The Eccleston Doctor? Yeah. Mm, she's got a long, wonderful ride ahead of her. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, they did actually say come out and say that uh, August 29th was digital for the Wonder Woman release uh, on... on uh, Home, digital, whatever they're saying. iTunes, Voodoo, Amazon, what have you. And September 19th on the Blu-ray. Uh, that includes DVD as well. And uh, the 4K uh, Ultra HD Blu-ray. Now, uh, they made a, uh, they've made a point, uh, numerous people have made a point to, that uh, J- Patty Jenkins isn't getting a commentary track like, uh, like Zack Snyder did for Man of Steel. <laughs> I don't know why that... That, that matters, but oh, I can go ahead and tell um, you. Um, I have not. I haven't looked at a single piece of commentary on that piece of commentary, or the lack of I commentary. Haven't either. But I'll bet you one of the most popular jokes right now is, uh, "Oh, she doesn't need to apologize for hers." <laughs> I'm willing to bet that's the go-to line. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of like there are a ton of the um, special features, which, mm-hmm. by the way, a lot more special features than I remember seeing on the Man of Steel Blu-ray. Um, a Director's Vision, Themyscira, The Hidden Island, A Director's Vision, Beach Battle. It looks like they're just doing, uh, you know, commentary in a better way. Um, in the form of little little vignettes and uh, and making ofs, which I'm fine with. I don't, I don't really yeah. care. Like, I don't need to watch the movie again. Like, a lot of times you'll see the commentary and it's just like long stretches of people not talking and being like, oh yeah, that, that person, that that's like, that's the daughter of our hairdresser. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. No, some Thanks. of them can be just thoroughly uninteresting. And like the long stretches like you're talking about, sometimes you're, you'll watch the director's commentary, and you, even for a movie you really like, and you'll get in there, and then somebody will start, tar- start talking, and they'll lower the volume, and then somebody says something uh, almost deliberately boring, and you're, you just feel invaded like, come on, I was watching this. Mm-hmm. It feel it, the worst of them, I'm not by any stretch saying this is the regular, but the worst of them can feel like someone sitting in a room ruining this movie for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, there's, there seems to be a lot of uh, stuff here uh, on the, you know, just your, your standard stuff, like Warriors of Wonder Woman witness the creation of the Amazon army. Sure. Uh, there's always going to be some special blah. effects stuff, some yeah. character they have ex- biopics. and They have some extended scenes, not necessarily de- deleted scenes, but extended scenes. And they have a blooper reel, which are always fun. Well, not always. Sometimes not always. they are. I, but you know, I'd give it off at least. I'll see. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's coming. I'll, I'll let you know mm-hmm. <laughs> if it's worth watching. The most important thing for me on this is that they do. They did an epilogue called Edda's Mission. And the synopsis is Edda Candy gets the boys back together for a secret mission that could impact humanity's future. Um, and, you know, they're, I don't know if... I would assume they had already shot this, but like Lucy Davis said, learning new Edda lines while on holiday this week, she tweeted that out. And uh, being that the Blu-ray is like a month away, a lot of people are saying it's that's not what she's. The epilogue is not what she's uh, learning lines for. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, in I theory, totally, they're already printing that. Yeah, in theory, but I could totally see them like a month out. I could totally see them being like, "Yeah, no, we'll just do this real quick." Yeah. <laughs> and she she did come across very well uh, she was one of the Mm -hmm. it was a well-received movie in general but 
I, you know, I, I don't think I heard a cross word about Lucy Davis in the entire thing. Oh, and you know what? If if DC starts doing this, like I would love that. Like I wish Marvel would start doing it again. Like the little one shots. Oh, the one shots. The yeah, they were good. Yeah, that was one of the best DC Coulson moments ever. Down. Remember, yeah. like, you remember like the robbery, and I specifically remember him like kicking flour at somebody and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> it was a yeah. great man. On a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, all that stuff was great. Uh, my favorite, I think, was Hail to the King. Mm. Oh, the with, uh, um, the real Mandarin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was solid. Uh, going over to Aquaman. Um, James Wan was talking to the Hollywood Reporter. And uh, he said, it's, it's a very technically challenging shoot to be on. Working with water and even the dry for wet sequences are very complex. Our equivalent of two people sitting around chatting in the underwater world is super complicated. You have to think about CG with the hair and how their mo- their clothes are moving, uh, how they're floating, what kind of uh, rig we put them on and all that stuff. Um, I like how that's they did phrased, say that, to dry for wet. That's kind of the, the tech on the old day for yeah. night. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, is he surprised that challenging that, that sounds mind blowingly challenging to me. Yeah. Yeah. He's also talking about like how, like they're trying to keep the CGI to a minimum. He says that just makes it very difficult and time sucking and time challenging to do all of this. So it's not an easy shoot, but hopefully it will pay off in spades down the line Mm -hmm. because he's really trying to not, not do CGI. Like I, I respect that. I love uh, practical effects more than CGI. Yeah, yeah. Done well. They're they're uh, timeless. Mm-hmm. Um, he also briefly discussed uh, Dolph Lundgren playing King Narius. He says, "When I was in the process of writing this character, King Narius, uh, a friend of mine, director Mike Mendez, was working with Dolph Lundgren on one of his films, and Mike was just raving about how great Dolph was. And I thought, oh my God, Dolph would be great for this as well." So it kind of came about from that in a roundabout way. Um, he says, uh, Dolph is a really strong actor. I don't think anyone gives him enough credit for how serious he actually takes his craft. He's taking it very seriously on this film. I love Dolph Lundgren. Like, I know a lot of people who like scoff when I when I say anything about Dolph Lundgren. And even I kind of chuckle. I'm like, yeah, I know. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an extensive history with him at all. But every time I've seen him, I thought, yeah, okay. Good job, yeah. buddy. Have you have you ever seen his Punisher? Oh, sh- no, I don't think I have. In some ways, yes, it is a very bad '80s action movie. I, no, I've, I've definitely seen way? like uh, frames of it, mostly from like cracked articles saying like uh, movies that really could have been better. You know, five movies that could have been way better or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. What's it's like weird is like that movie is like it's been a really long time since I've seen that his Punisher, but. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where I'm like, they didn't, they didn't give him the skull shirt. They gave him like a knife with a skull in the end of it. You know, yeah. and there's some weird scene but, where he's like nude for no reason. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> That's the thing. Like everyone's, everyone always like, oh, women are always just naked in movies. Well, in the '80s, the <laughs> the super jacked action star male was always nude for so for no reason. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> It's like every time we turn around, there's Schwarzenegger's ass. There's yeah, yeah. you know Lundgren in the down in the depths of some like steamy sweat lodge type of sewer. Yeah, hammering away at something or putting his his guns together. Mm-hmm. But um, 
you know, it was, it was just one of those, one of the weird things about that Punisher movie was that they didn't allow him, they, I guess they thought it was too cheesy for him to have the skull shirt. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that would have fit perfectly that would have made with this ridiculous movie. <laughs> you know, it's weird. Yeah, it's, you hear uh, people uh, talk it's... about guilty pleasures. I think that's one of mine. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, I'm I'm remembering this from, God, at least 20 years ago. But you remember movie, uh, uh, you remember Falling Down? Yes. Is that not kind of accidentally a great Punisher movie? It is. You know who directed that, right? No. Joel Schumacher. Oh, really? Good. Good job. <laughs> I, I mean, that movie I, I is... Probably, it's more than 20 years for me. I probably saw that movie when I was eight or nine, I want to say. Yeah, something like that. And it was one of those movies where I had to sneak out in the hallway when my parents had... They thought I was in bed, and I could yeah. open the door and slide. We had hardwood floors, so I could, like, slide across the floors very slowly, and if I had some cloth under me, and open the door very quietly, and slide into the hallway, and, and watch a movie kind of yeah. over their shoulders, like, below the couch, and then slide back in when I saw the credits rolling. Yeah, yeah that's one of those that uh, me and Matt Carroll of the MCU cast has, have watched in the last, like, probably ten years. Uh, I own it on DVD. I've seen it a few times. Um, it's been so long. I don't even remember. Was it, uh, was it Kurt Russell? No, it was Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but like every every scene of that movie for a long time is just like it's like a video game. It's like he one ups with more weapons. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like he just keeps finding new weapons. Like, so we'll just, we'll just rebrand the uh, the re release of that uh, Blu-ray or 4K format of that movie as like uh, Punisher the video game the movie. <laughs> starring michael douglas yeah um i don't know it kind of goes out on a whimper a little bit but uh you know what it was i i it's a pretty phenomenal movie as far as just having fun sitting and watching a stupid movie i did enjoy watching a stupid movie and then i slinked back into my bedroom before i was found <laughs> <laughs> that's how i rolled back in the day you know what? It, it you know you should watch it again as an adult because I think I feel like it makes more emotional sense as an as an adult. Like he's just in the middle of a heat wave. He just gets out of his car and he's like, "Nope, screw this," and he goes to walking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he just abandons his car, winds up like assaulting a guy because he's charging too much for a can of Coke. You know, <laughs> that sounds right. He's just fed up with the world around you know what's crazy as young as i was the theme of that movie is like a guy who goes way too far because he's fed up with the the minutiae of the world and Mm -hmm. even at even at a young age i was like no i get this i totally yeah the the only thing i i I didn't know the word minutiae at the time other than that i would have i would have like circumlocated that and found another way to say it but i I think i could have pretty much told you the theme of the movie as as a eight or nine year old disgruntled misanthrope (laughs) <laughs> i feel like, like yes this all feels good to me i understand this this man makes i feel sense. like falling falling down should be viewed in like a marathon viewing with um probably god bless america mm-hmm. if you've seen that Mm-mm. um oh it's fantastic is uh i think it's directed by bobcat goldthwaite and it's like a dude finds out he's like dying of a brain tumor so he just like decides to just start killing people that piss him off Oh, I have heard about that. <laughs> and it's pretty phenomenal. I have heard about that. Yeah, Bobcat's turned into quite the little director. <laughs> oh, man. That's a good movie if you haven't... I mean, I know you haven't seen it, but you, yeah, you should You should watch that movie. It's good. It's fun. 
I'll check out my various streaming services and see what they have to offer. Mm, mm. Anyway, so um, moving along, Doug Lyman was talking <laughs> talking about why he left Justice League Dark. Um, he says, you know, I develop more movies than I make. There's a weed-out process, and it's just that when you get to the comic book one, suddenly everybody hears about it. So the script never got to a place that was special enough for me, not for lack of trying. I, yeah, that tracks with everything I know about about that process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's well put, too, actually. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good with that. I, you know, I was good with it before. I didn't need like this big explanation. You know, mm-hmm. like, hey, man, you don't want to do it? Don't do it. No. I, <laughs> I, I do like the. the uh, I, I do like his observation that yeah, when it's a comic book movie, uh, suddenly everybody knows about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, we have got a uh, we've got a voicemail. We're going to get into the feedback portion of this uh, episode of the DCEU ep- uh, segment. I mean. Um, yeah, we have yeah, a voicemail still, from. Did, did you hear that, people? Did, did you hear him start to see episode and have to, yeah. to reframe it? Yeah, phantom stress, guys. Yeah, phantom stress. It's a, we're it's a transitional <laughs> stage. <laughs> oh, Bethany sent me a picture of uh, of a DVD of um, Winter's Bone mm-hmm. with Jennifer Lawrence. She's like, should I buy this? And I was like, yes, if nothing else, for the Wayne's World reference. <laughs> from when it was like nominated for an Oscar and they like came back on SNL and they just kept going Winter's Bone <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> anyway I don't know why that reminded me of that but anyway uh, we've got a voicemail from Brooklyn Batman um, let's cut to that now hey guys this is Anthony aka Brooklyn Batman on Twitter uh, just keep up the good work do whatever you guys want to do. Um, just listen to you guys talk is worth it alone. Um, the only way I won't listen if it's a whole podcast of the widow woman, uh, other than that, I'm all in no matter what you guys decide to do. So just keep up the good work, keep talking DC and, uh, take care. All right. Brooklyn Batman dude. Thank you. Thank you so much for the, for the nice words. I don't, uh, I don't fathom there, there, there's going to be a, uh, <laughs> the podcast is going to become just a Witter Woman podcast. No, no, no. We I we, can't we were joking uh, last week about maybe having to come up with some sort of set of policies to incorporate Witter Woman, but um, <laughs> I've, I've been toying with it. Yeah, just just a Have little you? mental exercise. I'll let you know really? if the time comes. I've been toying okay. with it. Well, you know, we have another Witter Woman voicemail today. I, I know, but um, yeah, dude. Uh, I, We'll get like, that like, later, like so many other people, um, and there, there were actually way more people than we'd uh, ever hoped for that came out and supported that change. Uh, really appreciate mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, we're, uh, we're still going to try to do a good show. We're just going to try a different format. Yeah. Uh, Travis Hines over on Twitter says, hey, guys, just want to thank say thanks for the uh, podcast. Enjoyed hearing... Sorry, enjoy hearing you talk about everything and anything. We come for your thoughts and banter. Uh, keep up the great work whenever you produce episodes. I sometimes get caught thinking I'm there shooting the DC breeze with you guys. Um, Al Grandin on Twitter says, Looking forward to the change. I'm glad you guys are addressing the rigors of producing a free podcast instead of letting it die. Um, Rick Story, old man Rick 68 over on Twitter, says, uh, Love what you guys do no matter how you do it and appreciate the many hours you spend for our entertainment. Hashtag kiss and make up. 
Hashtag all in. Well, we no, no reason for a kiss, but yeah, we made it. We, we didn't get we're, um, we're modern men. I mean, if that's what it required, yeah, I yeah. suppose we could get past it. But we, we managed without it. I mean, you know, I think I'd need a court order, but yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we managed to use our words. Right. <laughs> Yoda Hugh over on Twitter says... Uh, Listening to your two late, uh, listening to your latest episode. Sorry to hear the episode casts are gone, but I want you guys to be good. Uh, more, do what you need to do. I'll still listen. Uh, Mill Geek over on Twitter says, "Love the format, guys. Love the way you break it down. Loved all the episodes, but sometimes it was over overwhelming to listen to. Well, it was overwhelming to make." <laughs> uh, <laughs> Randy on Twitter, "Hey guys, I support your changes. There's no point if we're not having fun." Uh, superhero ethics first good for you for doing self-care so needed second crossovers i'd love to have you on as a guest or do joint episode yep yep that's happening we're we're uh we're finally going to be able to work out the details but uh we're going to get with you guys and that's happening absolutely no doubt about it nerdy tastic y'all got to do what's best for you this is something that's got to be fun not a not a stressed out obligation absolutely um Brooklyn Batman. Again, you guys are awesome. I'll be listening no matter what. I was just thinking it as you said it. Just two guys talking DC is a great podcast. Brent Clark over... Uh, actually, I was about to say the DC TV Squadcast, but now they, they've officially changed that to uh, Fans Without Borders. Um, nice. So um, that was gonna, that was like their little, uh, their little podcast that they were doing in between the, uh, the news season, and now they've just changed it. This DC TV Squadcast isn't coming back. It's just Fans Without Borders. Hmm. Okay. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Uh, but he says, uh, sounds like positive changes on your show. Um, hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan at Wobbly don't, don't Boots get us wrong. on Twitter. We're losing sleep worrying that <laughs> this is not a positive change. <laughs> but we're really hoping, and we're going to commit to it. Yeah. Uh, Wobbly Boots 85 says, love you fellas. No need to overwork yourself like that. This is supposed to be fun. Do what you can when you can, guys. Thank you. Dr. Steve over on Facebook finally heard this week's episode. If you were getting paid mad money, it'd still be difficult to keep up. It's easier to imagine the two of you jerking each other off than imagine you arguing. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, easier to imagine us arguing. (laughs) Just because that has at least happened. (laughs) At least there was a precedent. Yeah, we're cool with whatever you do. Keep it simple. Take a load off your stress. Your pal Steve. Uh, by the way, did he ever actually figure out what he was doing with Batman the Animated Series? Yeah, no, he has currently you were started me Batman the Animated Series. And, um, oh, excellent, excellent. Yeah, I, I, I think he's just going to... It is a little convoluted, uh, the way they release some episodes, the way they label them. It's, it's gotten a little strange. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to go back to like production schedules almost to, to find like which yeah. episode you should watch at a time. And mm-hmm. uh, I, was, I was trying to tell him, like, there are long stretches where... It's uh, so episodic that it doesn't matter. I mean, you can watch sure. 15 of these things at, at any given time, and it's just, here's the episode, take it or leave it. And then every now and then you'll run across something, especially when it gets into later stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You'll run into something where, no, seriously, you need to have watched this first. Yeah, yeah. But uh, You were telling me about some conversation you guys were having, and I couldn't find it for the life of me. I just could not find that conversation <laughs> anywhere. Um, <laughs> I, I ended up... Uh, Suggesting he resort to the uh, the almighty IMDb for mm. episode listings because I, I think they have theirs accurately listed. Now the other thing is that you need 
once you get past, uh, you know, was it when did uh, Superman start? Was it like season three? I want to uh, say. Well, no, BTAS? Uh, BTAS. They had like their three seasons over on Fox, and uh, I say seasons, but you know, they put them into volumes. We'll 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 say seasons for for. Uh, yeah, they even rebranded it into volumes. Uh, it's sake, it's but, weird. Yeah, and, and on but, Fox. Uh, this has always been the case. The Futurama writers are the ones who used this term the first time. I'm stealing it. But uh, episodes escape from Fox. They're not released. <laughs> That's how yeah. Fox works. Like they, they sit there on the edge of their seat worried about everything they put out until they don't put it out. And then you wonder how they even had a mm-hmm. roster to begin with. Because, you you, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's uh, – they're a train wreck sometimes, man. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, good on you, Steve, for for starting Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, you're gonna I, uh, love it, dude. I think you will. You're gonna love it. I guaranteed him that he will cry, <laughs> and I stand by that guarantee. Yeah, sure. I didn't name episodes because um, I didn't want to like lead him into it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, the first thing I think of is Baby Doll. Like I didn't mean to. Like, <laughs> there are I, bad aspects. One of the and kind of one of the yeah kind of weird. Well, that was one of the dumbest. Annoying. That was one of the dumbest episodes. That was one of the episodes I just hated. Except at the end, it did make me cry. Mm-hmm. It just did. Um, Josh McKay over on Facebook said, "I just listened to your guys' episode, and I absolutely support whatever y'all do. I definitely understand how much of a task it is to do this podcast. It's a lot of work, so I'll always follow you boys. And whatever you do, you're pretty cool people, and keep up the awesome content. Thank you, man. Absolutely, thanks. Uh, Brooklyn Batman sent us an interesting bit here." He says, I'm so going to get this app before I go see Justice League. And it is an app that, um, and I'll send you a link for it. I can't remember. I mean, I bet I can, well, it's not letting me link to it from my little thing here. No. But it's an app that tells you all the places in the movie where nothing is going to happen so you can go pee. <laughs> well, that's new. <laughs> yeah. And I looked it into I looked into it, and there's like a... Um, it actually does. It says, okay, it gives you dialogue for you to mark your time. Like when you hear so-and-so say this, you know, you're like, okay, I can go pee because nothing's going to happen for the next like four minutes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I th- yeah, okay. It says, uh, let's see. Oh man. Is this it? Yeah. The app is called run pee. That sounds right. I, well, how many times R-U-N-P-E. have you, and this is probably where they got it, how many times have you, like, left a seat as quickly as you could manage and said, I'm a runpee? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost running the words together. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's com, And, uh, yeah, they they totally tell you where in the movie you can go pee. They give you time markers with dialogue. So you know where... They let you know when you can When run. you hit the markers. It, this brings yeah. up a good point. Um, and it wouldn't be difficult to do, I think, at all. Uh, for theaters to have uh, sign-on Wi-Fi, where you install uh-huh. a... Somebody's going to point out that this is either a bad idea or that it's not as straightforward as I think it is, but I'm going to go with it. So let's uh-huh. see what happens. Um, so what if every time you bought a ticket, and you have a paper ticket in your hand, you've got stubs, right? There's a, uh-huh. a unique ID on it. And with that, you can sign in to uh, your, the, the Wi-Fi for uh, the, the theater. Physically mm-hmm. where you're at, not outside of it. it. It has to be limited. Oh, I see what you're doing. And I yeah, see where you're going with this. For, for that purpose, yeah, you could sign in, and it would it would give you immediate access to the film that you're watching. You're going to the bathroom, you got to pee, no big deal, take your phone, 
plug in the you know, the Regal app, mm-hmm. sign in with your ticket stub, you know, head down the aisle, go pee, you're watching it on your phone. The worst case scenario, you bump into somebody else that's watching it on their phone. Yeah, I can see it. I don't think they'll do it, but <laughs> it sounds uh, it sounds workable to me. Yeah, I I think it should be a thing. Absolutely, I like it. I I have and definitely can. Uh, pee and watch something at the same time. This is time tested. Mm-hmm. Uh, time tested. Jason approved. Yeah, uh, I, I do wash my hands afterward. I understand, even in in light of my uh, insistence that I wash myself, that uh, if you don't want to borrow my phone, I get it. It's fine. It's okay. Phones are nasty anyway, yeah. by the way. So uh, yeah, they are. You know, beware. But yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't say my phone is particularly full of penis. So it's a very low bar of assurance to hand someone, isn't it? Yeah. When you when you said like when you, when you said they're filthy anyway, I was I was about to go. Mine looks like mine looks like it's been out of a rhino's ass. But I, then I was like, no, I don't want people to actually think that. Yeah. But now I'll say it because clearly it's not. It's not. It was just a joke. <laughs> but. But uh, yeah. Anyway, you know, they're, they're overused devices, and very people are very handsy with them. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Brooklyn Batman. Thanks for letting us know about that app. That's awesome. It is. Um, I might actually utilize yes. that. And uh, thank you guys for this, all the people who wrote in and and uh, and and gave us your support over the new format changes. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to get all uh, all emotional on you, but like some of the some of the response that was like that feedback. Uh, we, we slept. We slept at night. Thank you. Mm-hmm. There was a very solid chance that we weren't going to sleep this week. And uh, yeah, you're 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 the reason we made it. Well, I still didn't sleep too much, but you know, we we both have trouble sleeping anyway. And something like you know, this was a risk we were taking. So, well, the, um, the prednisone, the prednisone from my allergic reaction was keeping me awake. That's gonna be a thing. <laughs> like hot sweats yeah. and stuff. Like, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I would occasionally wake up in a sweat and go do that. Just that. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> How do you put that on the side of the bottle? May cause drowsiness. Do not operate heavy machinery. May cause... <laughs> yeah. May, may cause people to wake up and go... <laughs> may cause Chewbacca impression. <laughs> may, cause, may cause impression of, of Norm MacDonald standing in a cold shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, God help us. We have another voicemail. We've got a voicemail for from again the Witter women. Uh, it's two of them. Yeah. Uh, again. If it's not, it's an excellent <sighs> job of throwing voices. Yeah. By the way, we've had we've had people. Uh, contact us thinking this is us it's not us it's really We're not, not the us Witter women. uh it's it's the major thing i want to disclaim before and i will uh i'll do it again after mm-hmm. this is not us we have no idea what's mm-hmm. happening either <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know what this is um i'll admit last week's made me laugh this one didn't yeah i, this I, one, I uh, just didn't know what to do with it i'm not i'm not sure what's going on anymore i i'm kind of it's a, it's a matter of like letting them control that narrative, and let's see where it happens. But uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, so uh, here here now for your listening enjoyment. Uh, for your listening, again on at a least. Par- yeah, for your listening. 
Um, <laughs> once again on a party line, uh, evidently, uh, the Witter Women. Myrtle, who's, who's that man on the party line? I don't know. I was trying to figure that out. I don't know. He don't sound like Wolfram. He's around here. He might be one of them mashers. You know what I mean? Well, what's a masher? Well, one like Cletus that time. He kind of mashed my nose. Well, he shouldn't have to have done that. Well, he, I don't know why. He, he just kind of got repetitive of that. If I recall, after after that judge yeah. told me better. I had to take him to church and everything. Well, well, and I he, just didn't know what that man was doing on that on our party line well, like that. I wonder who he was. Probably because he couldn't push the off button, right? Well, I ain't got no off button. I just got one of them phones, rotary dial. Well, I, ain't got, just I got. I don't even got one of them. I got one. You turn and and you talk to you talk to Sarah down there, and I tell her, well, you know. actually have anything to say about it i'm mm. sorry no i i only uh, wish to disclose again that we have no idea what's going on either yeah i don't know all right so we're going to jump into dc tv news if you guys aren't following us over there because you know you know us we talk about stuff we get into mm-hmm. stuff sometimes mm-hmm. so um if you're looking to head out uh and not listen to the dc tv's uh portion uh Goodbye, fare thee well, thank you for listening. Uh, you can hit us up uh, on Twitter, Facebook, uh, and Instagram, at DC on Screen. And uh, if you want to get leave us a voicemail like the Witter Women, or, you know, like Brooklyn Batman, uh, 205-259. If you're a human and you want to leave us a voicemail, <laughs> 205-259-6331. If you're not there. provably a human... This is evidence that we might play it anyway. <laughs> we probably will. No capshaw here. We don't care if you're human or not. <laughs> it's like a live Turing test. We're just going to play it and see who can tell the difference. Mm-hmm. All right, so first thing up on the TV on the TV portion of this, they released a Batman versus Two-Face trailer. Uh, Adam West's final portrayal of the Batman uh, Burt Ward back. Looks like Julie Newmar is back as Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Uh, William Shatner playing the hell out of Two Face. Oh man, I was really impressed. So by impressed. His work. I didn't know what to do with that. I, I like, loved it. He he gets way outside of himself for Two Face, and then he gets way uh, he gets extremely vulnerable for Harvey. I freaking loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks cool. Um, the one thing I didn't particularly enjoy about it though this trailer was that you know hugo strange was there and i don't know i've just never really cared about the character never really dug him um yeah never been a favorite of mine it looks like uh harley quinn is his is his uh assistant (laughs) 
Yeah, that's going to be worth something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this looks good, though. I, it looks fun. It looks darker than the last one. It, yeah, it might try to do a little bit more than the last one. Um, it's got a good premise uh, as, as far as... Uh, I mean, it's just a trailer. I'm not spoiling anything. Uh, but, you know, yeah. all, all the evildoers are trying to overload the evil capacitor machine thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's got exactly... The kind of goofy premise that I would expect from the original show. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like Hugo, like having all the villains uh, under those. They look like uh, old timey uh, um, heaters, you know, like old timey uh, hair dryers, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, it's going to extract all the evil. You know? Yeah, no, they, I, it's like they drew props from fried green tomatoes. It felt like you know what it just felt like to me was uh, the beginning of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Where it was like, behold, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> in in my history of uh, my mom being a, a hairdresser for a second, it just reminded me of like sitting around trying to occupy myself with a couple of magazines and uh, watching a bunch of people do fascinatingly strange things to their hair with these mm-hmm. weird things that popped over their heads. It was, uh, yeah, yeah. familiar scene yeah. for me. I, I remember going to a hairdresser with uh, my grandmother while she got her her hair Perm. Uh, done. Yeah, <laughs> when my grandmother got her shit did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I would just, I would look at these, like, these hair dryers. I always thought of a couple of different things. Uh, one, an old episode of the Andy Griffith Show with the fun girls, where they were talking about how great Andy's hair always looked. And they were joking around about how he, the the sheriff, is sitting under a dryer. Um, <laughs> um, but the other thing I was just kept thinking, like, like this is some kind of sci-fi shit. Like, if I sat down and it came down on top of my head, like it would switch my brain with like this old lady across from me or something. That's where yeah. my brain went. Yeah. Now that sounds about right. I, I was doing a lot of that. I just kept looking at it, thinking, um, what, what are you doing to yourself? <laughs> what's going on here <laughs> what are you doing to yourself yeah okay and i it, i i come from a day where i remember um like opening my grandmother's uh like i'd, I'd go to the bathroom at my grandmother's house and open the closet for toilet paper or something and mm-hmm. and see like 16 cans of aquanet oh what is aquanet it, dude, aquanet is basically like aerosolized steel mm. you, you can if you spray that at something, that's what that thing looks like for okay. <laughs> from now until you deliberately try to attack it. So, uh, yeah, I remember watching her get like perms that lasted I don't know how long, and then it was like a month before she did anything else. It was it was a bizarre bizarre uh, situation to me. Yeah, <laughs> it always amounted to me thinking, "What are you doing? What? There's so much time." so much time there was a whole situation with curlers and and uh mm-hmm. when you could sleep with them and then um some some i i want to say there's some like series of chemicals you're supposed to put in before you even do that to to like yeah. preempt the situation and then you get there and then there's the perm you go get that and then you you, you look uh boofy headed and kind of golden golden girly for a while and that lasts forever and then basically you like you you'd put on the 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 thing even to get in the shower and then you you have a thing you put on to go to sleep and then you wake up and kind of like poof it 
and then mm-hmm. you aquanet it, and then that's that's what your hair looks like now. Yeah. It's not like let me wave my hand through my hair. It's like this is the the structure on top of my head. You know, it makes me think of uh, when I was a kid. Whenever I'd go into the closet of any sort, you know, or a drawer, yeah, anything I didn't immediately understand, I assumed it was for genitals. <laughs> I really did not have that assumption. Actually, growing up in my family, I assumed it was probably for hair. <coughs> like anything, like if there was a rag misplaced, like I don't know what that rag's doing there. Someone probably but washed probably their dick with that. Genitals. <laughs> Like, I, I I don't know. I had I had had nothing <laughs> nothing so devious. It was just always like I would look at a new thing in in the uh, closet. I remember being like six or seven or something, looking at a new thing in the closet, going like, "Well, what does that do to hair?" Because yeah. it, it was such a like I lived in such a weird. Everyone had a perm, and uh, my mom mm-hmm. worked on hair anyway. It was just it was like that was it was what I thought of closets. Is like oh, it's the closet where you store things that do things to hair, and then. <laughs> Your hair becomes weaponized if you do too much of. Seriously, you could have taken like a, you you could have like cut off a quaff of hair, spun it in your hands, uh, and aquanetted it, and that is a shiv now. Aquanet was that serious. Like I seriously remember like making my mom angry, like she yelled at me not to touch something, and I was like, oh what, it's for privates? It's <laughs> <was> like no. <laughs> Where did you remember get that? What, I don't remember what it was, but I remember more than one occasion of her going, "No, it's not for privates." What? Are you, what's wrong? I like with a you? long, uh, I, like I like the image of a young, aloof version of you just going like, "Ah, it's for genitals." Get it? Totally. Walking away. <laughs> I seem to remember there was a time where I, I had a question you. like, "Do you even know what that's for?" I, like. Genit- no, privates? I didn't, I didn't say genitals back then. Privates? <laughs> no. <sighs> it's for baking. What is wrong with you? <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Aaron Richards talking about Barbara again. <sighs> Gotta help us all. She's going to be a completely different character again. She's coming back. She's going to be trained by Rachel Ghoul, And she's going to be a lot more calm and centered. Still trying to fight for power in Gotham against Penguin but with a lot more clarity this time. She says that her inner, her character's not going to have the crazed energy she did in the past. Um, she's going to form an alliance with Tabitha and Selina. We're going to have a bit of female power base in Gotham, which we're really excited about. They said this last year, they were going to have this power, but female power base in Gotham they were really excited about. I feel like she has tacked that on to whatever season. But uh, yeah. her training with Rachel Ghoul, I'll be honest, I wanted her dead. Yeah, we we've said this many times. We we just we're not impressed with Aaron Richards. The character is I mean, not working out. She's been more fun recently, though. To be honest, she be has fair. definitely had her moments. I, I I I'm using Aaron Richards as a uh, you know uh, her person as a scapegoat for this character has not been fun the entire time. Mm-hmm. It has its moments, but you've taken it. it it's been like the I don't know the the stable family <clears throat> broken family thing. Mm-hmm. And it's gone from a broken marriage to she kills her parents to complete insanity to being a cartoon, almost. Mm-hmm. Which, there were moments of that being fun. I, I just, there's not... They keep trying to find some, some way to work with this character, and I hope it's working for other people better than it's working for me, but it's not. 
I, I have not really been interested in what they've been doing with her since day one. There's only yeah. moments where I've I've thought, oh, that was pretty good, actually. <clears throat> yeah. And the, those moments were few and far between. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean, like, I'll, I'll always remember the episode of, like, her in the elevator with Jim while he's kind of tripping. Mm-hmm. As a highlight, thinking, oh, yeah, she was actually pretty good as kind of a spirit animal. Like a spirit guide, you know? A <laughs> spirit animal. And yeah. I, I liked her. I liked her there. But it's just, like you said, few and far between. Yeah. They they haven't found a reason for me to invest in this character uh, yet. So I guess we're going to go so back and do like flash. round five of. <laughs> it's round four, isn't it? It's I feel like four. they've reinvented her twice in the first season alone. So Oh, maybe. Yeah. All right. So uh, I guess uh, Matthew Ryan Cronin, our listener, Matthew Ryan Cronin was, uh, was correct, at least thematically. Uh, Grant Gustin said, uh, reborn. It's almost like a fresh start for me as an actor this year. The first episode is called Reborn, and it's our take on rebirth, and it gives me an opportunity to let go of all the weight that we've built up and have held on to, and there's even more lines that reflect that for Barry, that he's been able to cope and move on in a way he's never been able to in the past, so it gives me an opportunity to let go and have uh, more of that kind of fun that we initially had in Season (coughs) 1. So there you go. Good job. Cronin. <laughs> We're watching you. Uh, the, so they also <laughs> they also officially cast a character named Hazard. Uh, Sugar Lynn Beard is coming in as Rebecca Sharp. Uh, Hazard. Um, <laughs> she's um, a character who is like, they're describing as perpetually down on her luck. Uh, but then she has a freak accident. Uh, the character in the comics can psionically manipulate probabilities. I have never been a big fan of characters who can alter luck. I just don't. I, I mean, you're also going to get those. Domino soon. I know. So I know. Uh, you know, hope for it. Mm-hmm. Hope for the best. Yeah. I always like them in theory, but when you think them through in practice, it feels really difficult. Yeah. From, you know, Domino to Black Cat to, well, to Hazard. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm just never, the, I'm never too interested in it. Yeah. Now, I, well, that being said, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's give the concept some credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Imperioli's uh, role in Lucifer last year. Mm-hmm. Um, his ability to kind of see so many different outcomes that he could, you know, toss a skateboard into the into the road and or whatever I think he just misplaced a skateboard. Yeah, but his power was was about recognizing patterns and and manipulating them. Um, I I know I, yeah, but it was kind of a it's almost a rephrasing of I, I think that technique. And mm-hmm. at the same time, like you you go back and look at somebody like Scarlet Witch, and uh, generally her she she's not a you know a complete magician. She's not a, rea- a reality changer in in a lot of realms. Obviously, M Day, but. She uh, is generally just uh, traditionally just good at hexing people, mm-hmm. just kind of uh, inviting bad luck upon people. Right. It's a weird concept, man. It really is. I I, mm-hmm. I, I understand your reluctance. It, it's yeah. a hard thing to define. How far can the power yeah. go? What like what what can you affect? How far can you see ahead if you can? That kind of thing. I don't necessarily. I don't really necessarily believe they're going to go too far with it on the Flash. No, I, I well actually my biggest fear for the Flash is that it's going to be used as like a a gimmick to get through certain parts of certain episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, that's all I've got to say about that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we, I don't, I'm not sure how much we've talked about this. I don't really remember, but, um, Guggenheim was talking about Richard Dragon being the bad guy on, on Arrow this season. And, uh, he says, you know, what I really like about our interpretation of Richard is he's very grounded. He's not a flamboyant big bad. He doesn't wear a costume. He really is a crime lord sort of in the Tobias Church model. For Tobias, we only really saw him for about five episodes. We were excited about the prospect of doing a cool, gritty crime lord, but for a longer period of time. We've never really done that on the show before, so it's different. Which is weird to me because, you know, Richard Dragon is not not really that character in the books. Uh, if anything, most renditions of Richard Dragon are, he's basically Ollie Queen or Iron Fist, you know? Yeah. Danny Rand type of character. Yeah, and he's been and, used to train some, uh, you know, high-profile do-gooders, mm-hmm. traditionally. And he's been a do-gooder, uh, I think, probably the majority of his of his uh, existence. Yeah. Um. Only really 52, New 52 has really done him as, like, the big bad. And uh, I don't know. I never, like, I wouldn't have thought greedy crime lord, even with that. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> they do whatever the hell they want over on the Arrowverse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I, I New 52 is what it is. They can pull from it when they feel like it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 like, I hope they have a good idea, a good plan here. Yeah, I'm not particularly excited about it, but uh, I, I want to have hope. Uh, I have hope about this. Uh, Guggenheim said uh, that Jessica DeGau has expressed an absolute willingness to come back to Arrow. He says, Jessica's a favorite actor of mine, and the Huntress is a favorite character of mine. I want to make it happen in season six. We've got some plans for her later, uh, sorry, for the later half of the year that I think she will fit into really well, so we'll see. That's not a that's not a definite yes, but I've been wanting the Huntress to come back since season two. Yeah, yeah, she had she had legs, she had real legs. They could have they could have made a lot out of that character. I mean, imagine the conversations uh, somebody like her could have had with somebody like Oliver, going through what he's gone through the last couple of years. Yeah, and uh, I, I if I'm understanding or if I'm uh, guessing correctly about where his head's at, like the idea that she comes in in the second half of the season this year where we're talking about mm-hmm. Oliver going into uh, having to be a parent, having to deal with a broken team. Um, Cause like last year was kind of like, oh, let's rebuild the team and, and we're going to try it a different way. Um, yeah. But him having to deal with the consequences of his actions over the last 10 years um, seems like Helena would be a, that's a good dinner. I want to hear every piece of it. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd I'd be happy to see her return. Yeah. Uh, but you know who I wouldn't be happy to see return? It's freaking John Barrowman. <laughs> um, I'll take him in asked, flashbacks. I, I'll take him in flashbacks, obviously. Uh, but yeah, that dude died. Mark People Guggenheim, need to be able to die. Mark, <laughs> Mark Guggenheim answered a question about you know when whether or not he'll come back, and he says that's up to John. We told John when we called him to tell him about the events of the finale, every single person on all the shows has come back in some shape or form. We've got flashbacks, we've got time travel, we've got parallel universes. I would be down for that one, actually. Parallel universes? Eh. Um, He says goodbye is never goodbye. He has an open invitation to return on the show anytime he wants. 
Um, then they asked John Berriman about it, and John Berriman said this, I am surprised and very happy to hear Mark Guggenheim's comments about Merlin's future in the Arrowverse, because in a very decisive phone conversation we had with Wendy Miracle, I was led to believe that there were no plans to bring Merlin back. If they change their mind, awesome. I have loved playing Malcolm Merlin, and was so disappointed to be told the news of his death, and to no longer be part of a fantastic team and show. If they want me back, they just have to ask. The ball is back in their court. <laughs> Write Merlin an amazing storyline, and I will be there. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> this feels like, uh, I mean, I don't want to point a finger, but I feel like Mark Guggenheim is lying. He, he has done that to us before. <laughs> Oh, he man. has a he has a, a maniacal tendency towards him sometimes. Also, yeah. uh, even if he had it in the back of his head that yeah, we can bring you back if we want to, um, is it as simple as he told Barrowman, "You're dying. You're for real dying. Do the scene that way." And then now he's Barrowman's learning about it afterward. Like, oh, I I might actually come back. Like, maybe he just was going for a performance. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I do not know. <sighs> Who are we to know such things in the land of liars and cheats? <laughs> and producers. Oh, no. And producers. Oh, man. I think that's all I've got. That's all I've got on the news. It happens sometimes that we do run out of news. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's other stuff. Katie Cassidy wants to fight uh, White Canary. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that's been going on for a while. There's a lot of, like, and we left this out of our... Um, news format when we were doing it as a news show of uh, like actors want to do this and you know, we just kind of it's not news that mm-hmm. that an actor wants to do something i mean every now yeah. and then you'd run across um you'd run across something don't get me wrong it wasn't completely pushed to the side we always looked at it but eh, a lot of it was just uh people in an interview talking about what would you like the character to do and for all you knew there were 14 people in the writer's room going oh that's never gonna happen Mm-hmm. And another uh, four to six producers going, yeah, not in the cards. Right. I wish I, I would love to see the writer's room, like, you know, the day after the news breaks, like, or the day the news breaks. I forget it's the internet now. We can just, you can have those reactions in real time probably. Oh, yeah. No, you can. Uh, the, yeah. the writers are just sitting around going like, Amel's talking about the stupid supernatural crossover again. What are you, what, why? There's no supernatural crossover. Right. Yeah. None of that's, yeah, no. none mean, of that's on the books. He's really into it. <laughs> I know. I don't even understand how he's had time to watch 37 seasons of Supernatural. <laughs> Is that the number I they're up to? I think they're filming 37? the 38th right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. When did they pass The Simpsons as the longest running? They, they had to have had a couple of I, I, seasons in between. I may be misremembering, but I, I think they passed The Simpsons as longest running show a relatively fast. 42 years ago. Oh, okay. All right. So only only 32 years before God created the universe. Yeah. That's right. about right. Mm-hmm. See, uh, it, this is this is not a known fact, but there was actually like a... a <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up. There was a supernova. <laughs> yeah. In our galaxy. It was in the Milky Way galaxy, but it was a few systems away. Mm-hmm. And when it expelled itself, it actually met a, a, a quasar. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how that exactly interacted, but somehow that ended up with with this uh, this this hyper speed beam that met us, okay. and what we got was supernatural. 
Okay. So, yes, it is timeless. It it has always been, it will always be, and it is absolutely mm-hmm. now uh, definitely here. So, um... Okay. It's like... It, <laughs> I feel like Supernatural is going to be part of geological studies at some point. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, well, there was this era, there's this area, this turned into quartz, there was Supernatural, and then this turned into diamond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They did what with Crowley? Huh. <laughs> that was that was some bullshit during that era. But uh, could could you could you not see at some point like it it, it shows like uh, South Park and and Supernatural is even coming up on its hills and and uh, definitely the the Simpsons. Could you not see some some version of the future where like I, there's a reconfiguration like uh, we have a survival level event. Um, mm-hmm. and, and everything has to reboot to some extent and some parts survive and some don't, yeah. or we have a, an alien interaction event. I don't know, man. I mean, right. we're talking pure sci-fi here, but some kind of event in which we're talking about, ah, during the Simpsons epoch, <laughs> these yeah. things were very popular. Like the Simpsons, the South Park, Supernatural. Yeah. All these really long running, uh, situations, uh, all these long-running television series—they just—they become the new the the Iliad and the Odyssey. They, yeah, Homeric tales of of bravery and virtue. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> hey, this is uh, you know we 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 live in it. Me and you uh, live uh, a lot of times in a comic book world, and I mm-hmm. I'm a full-grown man, and every now and then I'll I'll sense some derision that I read comic books, and I love mm-hmm. pointing out that. Um, it's one of the true American art forms that we've actually been able to export. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got jazz, blues, stand-up comedy. We've got a couple things that, that were American contributions to culture, and comic books is mm-hmm. way up there. Plus, yeah. um, in, in terms of, like, gross, dom- gross domestic product, like, comic book industry con- contri- uh, like contributes billions of dollars every year to uh, what America's actually earning. Um, mm-hmm. It's a legitimate industry. It is absolutely, and then people make fun of you for uh, you know enjoying, uh, I guess, some some stories with some people in tights, and you gotta look past that. I mean, to be fair, I haven't been made fun of that, but I haven't been made fun of for that in a, long, a really long time. It uh, it, it comes up here and there, but does it? Yeah, actually, <laughs> for you, yeah. I mean, it doesn't for me. I I don't know why. Like, I got a lot of that in college, but um. You know, now all those assholes are wearing Superman shirts. Right. They've all been kind of converted and, uh, in their way. Yeah, and they're like, oh, we're going to see Iron Man. Uh, I'm like, screw you. I hate all of you. You're all a bunch of <laughs> hypocrites. No, I just, it's, it's, uh, it's almost like a, it's almost like my personal PSA is like, no, this is a legitimate industry that you're contributing to that, you know, for, for our country in particular, it is pretty important it it actually mm-hmm. is a percentage of what we earn as a country uh, yeah dig in man don't be don't be ashamed and in terms of folklore it's it's i, th- I think very important extremely important like it it's not to me coincidental in any way that it it uh takes from like norse and greek mythology at times mm-hmm. i i think we're dealing with a uh you know our uh, generations uh, and I, there should be a bigger bigger term for that it's couple hundred years give or take us uh like our mm-hmm. generation's version of mythology uh, I, i'm sure. i'm always uh, stricken by the fact that like you know there's a 
you know, Frederick Nietzsche's version of the the Ubermann, and and then that's that's a little bit what of uh, it's a little bit of uh, what was adopted for Superman. Like that, this all makes sense to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, rant over. <laughs> I want to keep yes ending you, but I had nothing else. I was like, all right, yeah. That's <laughs> all I've got too. The point is is roughly be proud, man. It's it's uh, it's the new thing. Kind of. I mean, you know, it's been around for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is. I saw a funny meme uh, that was, um, I don't know, Wonder Woman deflecting bullets, and then like the last shot is like Quicksilver from Age of Ultron laying in the mm-hmm. <laughs> laying on the ground dying. Yeah, uh, that was funny. Yeah, I like that. Anyway, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all we've got. Yeah, we'll call it. <laughs> All right, DC on screen for Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, 205-259-6331 if you want to leave us a voicemail. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, keep some DC on your screen. I forgot our tagline for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Forgive him. It's been a very transitional time. (laughs) Transitional. I'm going to go watch Rick and Morty. Do that too, but I, I just, I suggest you end the entire thing on just you squeaking by the word transition. You, you said it like it was your precious. <laughs> yeah. All right.